Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, growing in faith and friendship. Luke chapter 5 and verses 1 to 11 is all about Jesus calling his first disciples and especially calling Peter to be a disciple, to be his follower. And the account of Jesus calling Peter with the miraculous catch of fish is unique to the Gospel of Luke. The other Gospel accounts don't include the bit about the miraculous catch. However, within this account, we learn a lot about how God also calls us to be a follower of Jesus. And we read in Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake in Genesaret, that, that's another name for the Sea of Galilee, that huge lake up in the northern part of Israel, the people were crowding around him. Literally, they were pressing in on him. Why? Because they were listening to the word of God. Okay, so Jesus is teaching again, but this time he's not teaching in a synagogue. He's out by the Sea of Galilee, and there's this massive crowd of people who have come to Jesus to hear the word of God. Now this phrase, the word of God, means that they believed that Jesus was more than a rabbi. They believed he was a prophet who spoke the very words of God. And they've already heard him teaching in the synagogue and they've seen or heard about some of his miracles. So they are convinced that he is a prophet. And so this massive crowd has come to hear, to come to Jesus to hear the word of God. Verse 2. Jesus saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. Washing their nets. What, what does this mean? It means the day's work is done. It, it means they've been working all night and now they've rowed back to shore, pulled up their nets and they're cleaning their nets so they don't, so the nets won't get damaged and that they will be ready for the next day. This is the end of the day, right? If it's your business, you're cashing up the till, you're turning off the lights, you're locking up, the day's work is done. And they're tired and they're exhausted after a long and unfruitful night of fishing. Verse 3. Jesus got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, that, that's Simon Peter, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Okay, so what's going on over here? Well, Jesus has been very resourceful. He has this massive crowd that has come to hear him, and the crowd is getting bigger and bigger, and the people at the back can't hear. So they're pushing in on him. They're trying to get close to hear what he's saying. You see, Jesus didn't have the benefit of an amplification sound system, right? And everyone's pressing in on him. And therefore the acoustics don't travel. It's alright if you're in the front row, but nobody else can hear. So Jesus improvises. He grabs Peter's boat. He already knew Peter. He already healed Peter's mother-in-law in chapter 4. So Peter owed him one. So he jumps into Peter's boat and he asks Peter to push offshore a little bit. So Jesus has just created a natural amphitheater. Now just imagine this for a moment. Everyone is sitting on the slope of, of a bay, of, of an inlet, and Jesus is just a little bit off the water, off the shore. And so with the aid of the water, which functions as a natural acoustic, Jesus has just created an amphitheater. 
Water has a great acoustic. It's amazing how sand tra sound travels over water. If you've ever been out on a lake before, you'll know how you can just speak in a very natural voice and how people on the other side will be able to hear you. And so Jesus is fully into the latest technology of his day. He's using the latest technology of his day in order to magnify his message, in order to ensure that everybody can hear the word of God. You see, he wants as many people as possible to hear his message. And that's why we use technology. Uh, we have a sound system, a loop system, PowerPoint slides, podcasts, and so on, because we want as many people as possible to hear the word of God. Okay. With regards to Jesus calling Peter, I want you to take note of a couple of points. Firstly, Jesus goes out to meet Peter where he is. Jesus did not wait for Peter to come to the synagogue, to church, but rather he goes and meets Peter where he is, fishing by the Sea of Galilee. Secondly, the first thing that Jesus says to Peter is not, he doesn't say, your, your life will be so much better if you follow me. I have, I have so much to offer you. I have so much to give you. I can really help you. No. He doesn't say that. The first thing Jesus says to Peter is, Peter, I need your help. Will you help me? The first thing he says is a request for help. Peter, I need your help. I need your boat so that I can get a little bit offshore so that I can preach to all these people. Otherwise, I can't preach to all these people. I can't do the boat thing because I'm from inland Nazareth. So I need your skill set. I need your help. I can't do this without you. Will you help me? Jesus needed Peter's help. Now, of course, hypothetically, Jesus probably could have just walked on the water and formed his own natural amphitheater all by himself. But he chooses to work with us. And therefore, he needs our help. He can't do it without us. And so when Jesus calls us today, he comes and he meets us where we are. And he asks us to help him. He needs our help. He needs our skill set. What is your skill set? Because Jesus needs that. He wants to use, uh, you, he wants you and he wants to use your skill set to help him proclaim the word of God. Now verse 3 ends by saying, then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. He sat down. In those days they would sit down to teach and preach. Now I really think God is trying to tell me something over here because this keeps coming up again and again. But the big point over here is that Peter's boat and his rowing skills and his everyday work reality is transformed into an effective pulpit for Jesus. Jesus has changed Peter's everyday work reality into a transforming, a life transforming, a life giving experience. And Jesus wants to do that for your everyday reality. Verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, Put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. 
Now at this point, you expect Jesus to say, Thanks so much, Peter. I really couldn't have done it without you, buddy. But no, Jesus says, Hey, I've got an idea. Let's go fishing. How long have you been working? All night. How tired are you? Exhausted. What did you catch? Nothing. I've got an idea. Let's go fishing now in the middle of the day and out in the deep water. Now, Jesus is not a fisherman, right? He's a rabbi, a theologian. His dad's a carpenter. He's from the inland, he's from inland Nazareth. So what does he know about fishing? Nothing. Yet he presumes to know more about fishing than the professional fisherman. Peter is a seasoned fisherman. Most likely his dad, his granddad, his great-granddad are all fishermen. And he runs his own fishing business. He's a fishing captain. And he knows that the best time to fish is at night and not during the day. He also knows that the best place to fish is near the shore where the fish are and not out in the deep water. So Jesus' Jesus's suggestion is absurd. No one fishes in the middle of the day and in the deep water. And Peter is tired and he's exhausted, so he says in verse 5, Master, boss, we've worked hard all night, we haven't caught anything. Look, Peter can't, cannot hold his own when it comes to a theological debate with the rabbis. But he does know a great deal about fishing. And so he effectively says, come on, boss. We fished all night. We're exhausted. We've just cleaned the nets. And we didn't catch any fish. You rabbis think you know everything, but we're the professionals, the experts. I'm a fisherman. You're a carpenter. Come rabbi. We know where to fish and when to fish, and it's not now, and it's not out in the deep. Look, the guys are dead tired, and I've even stayed awake a few extra hours to help you out. Please, just let us go home and go to bed. How many of you find it really hard to take advice, or even trust God in your area of expertise? You see, there are things that we are experts at, that we were good at, And sometimes God will ask us to trust him in the area of our expertise. And it's hard because we're like, look, I know you're God, but I'm like really good at this. And sometimes God asks you to do something that that doesn't make any sense. It seems absurd just to show you that he is God. For example, in July, earlier this year, in July, uh, there was a mission to Wales. There were Loads of people from different churches that were going out on the street to tell people about Jesus and and asking if they would pray a very simple prayer to ask God to forgive them and to ask Jesus to come into their life. And I was like, look, God, this won't work. We've tried this before. We know it doesn't work. Look, I'm an expert in this area. Trust me, it won't work. And the result? After one week, for just one hour a day, 3,351 people in Wales prayed this prayer. Okay, so you're God and I'm not. Then we read it at the end of verse 5. Peter says, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. And basically he's saying, look, 
I know this is a stupid idea, it's absurd, but out of respect for you, because you're a great rabbi, a great prophet of God, I will do what you say. And he was probably still mumbling under his breath, we still won't catch any fish, but I'll do it. And because Jesus told him to, he did it. Jesus made that sort of impression on people, even hard-working, no-nonsense fishermen. And then the climax of the whole story, and we read in verse 6, When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Again, just imagine Jesus saying, I told you we should go fishing. You're going to have to get some bigger nets. And in verse 7, So they signaled to their partners in the other boats. So Peter owns a, a whole fleet of boats. So he signaled to his partners in the other boat to come and help him. And they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Now that's a good day of fishing. I mean, Peter hits a jackpot. This is the biggest payday Peter's ever had. He fills up his nets. His nets are breaking. The boats are sinking. I mean, this is like winning the lottery. What does that show you? Well, it shows us that rather than arguing with God, sometimes we just need to trust him. And do what he says. Verse 8. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Just like the prophet Isaiah in the temple in Isaiah chapter 6, Peter suddenly realizes that he is in the presence of holiness and that he is unclean, that he is unworthy to be in the presence of God. And he no longer calls Jesus boss. Master, but rather he calls Jesus Lord. Which implies that he realizes that Jesus is more than a great rabbi and a great prophet of God. Jesus is the Messiah. And in some mysterious way, Jesus embodies the very presence of God. And and this realization immediately makes him aware of his own unworthiness. And he says... I am sinful. The only qualification you need to be a follower of Jesus, to be a disciple of Jesus, is to realize that you do not qualify. That you are not worthy to come into the presence of God. That you are not perfect. You are not sorted. That you need help. You see, Jesus has come to seek and save sinners. He has come to seek and save the lost. Those who know they need help and they need forgiveness. And we read in verse 10, and Then Jesus said to Simon Peter, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. In other words, he says, You qualify. You qualify to be one of my disciples. And I have amazing plans and purposes for your life. You and I, we, we're going to be working together from now on. You see, Jesus still needs and wants to use Peter's fishing skills. You're good at catching fish, Pete. What about people? Could you take everything that you've learnt in the fishing business, everything you've learnt in life, and utilize that, harness it, and unleash it, so that people can meet God, and enter into a relationship with God, and have their sins forgiven, and their life changed and transformed, and ultimately their eternal destiny altered? Can you fish for people? 
There's nothing more exciting in life than seeing people coming into a relationship with God, meeting Jesus and having the whole life changed and transformed and seeing new life being released. That's why I get so excited about the ministry and that's why I get so excited about what God is doing within the life of this church. It's exciting. And Jesus looks at Peter and he says, Peter, Let's change your life's direction. It's not about how many boats you can get, how many more nets you can buy, how many more fish you can catch. It's about people. It's about people who need me. Help me. Help me to reach them. That's the invitation to Peter. And that's the invitation to all of us. And then we read in verse 11. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything. What what did they leave? Everything. And followed him. Wow. That's commitment. That's all in. I must be honest, if I was Peter, I would be like, whoa, 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 just a minute there. We, we've just hit the jackpot. This is the, the biggest catch ever. We, we set to make millions. We can sell the fish and buy more boats and have a bigger fleet. And we know the secret spot now, thanks to you, Jesus. And I made a mark on the map, and I have the GPS coordinates, and uh, no one else knows about the spot. We'll be making millions in a couple of years, and then I'll be able to allow others to run my fishing company on my behalf. And so once I've made my millions and I'm all set, then I'm all in. Then I'm ready to go with you. Or or at least just give me a couple of weeks so I can take these fish to the market and collect the money because this is a big paycheck. And and then I've got to sell these nets. I've got to put them on eBay and that'll take a few weeks. And and then I've got to sell these boats because they're worth a lot. And then once I've got all my money in the bank secure and all my fares in order and everything is secure, then I'm ready to go. And effectively we are saying to Jesus, look, I will follow you. As long as it does not cost me anything. But what we discover here is that following Jesus will cost you everything. Jesus demands everything. Now this does not mean that we all have to resign from our jobs and and join and enter into ministry full time. Of course not. Though Jesus may be calling some of us to do just that. But Jesus is calling all of us to radically reorientate our values and our priorities. He is calling us to live for a higher set of values. He, You see, there's more to life than making money. Following Jesus is more important than two boatloads of fresh fish. Devoting your life to following Jesus and leading other people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus is of infinite worth. So even if we remain in our current occupation or our current situation, we do so with a whole new outlook on life and with a whole new set of priorities and values. Where our highest goal is to love God and to reach out to people with the love of God. And today Jesus is saying to you, will you help me? I need you. I I need your help. I need your skills. You qualify. You qualify. Will you help me? Will you fish for people? 
Will you reorientate your life's values and priorities? Will you leave everything to follow me? And will you become a fisher of people? Let's pray. Just in a moment of prayer, there, just reflect on what, what is God saying to you? What is God saying to you right now through these words? And then think, what am I going to do in response to that? Just think about that for a moment. What is God saying to you? And what do you have to do in response to that? And in the quietness of your heart, commit that to God. And say, I believe this is what you're saying. I believe this is what I need to do in response to that. And please, by your Holy Spirit, empower me and enable me to do it. And just in the quietness of your heart, make that commitment to God. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you do choose to work through us. You do choose to work with us. You want to be our partner. Father, we thank you that you do you do call us to come to, to deliver for a higher set of values. And Father, please, we pray that we, we so often get distracted by money and, and worries in life and being successful and everything else. Father, won't you free us from that and realize what is truly important. That's all about people. It's about reaching people with your love. And so, Father, we want to commit ourselves afresh to leaving everything to follow you and to fish for people. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.